0: Well, it's good, uh, is it Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'll be back, I'm not quite Arnold. But, uh, I, I, it's good to see, good to see some old faces here. Good to see some young ones as well, but, uh, <laughs> for those of you with an old face, it's good to see. I last was here two years ago, this month, at Martin's induction, and I met a few of you on that, uh, weekend in Eastbourne. So I feel privileged to be amongst friends, and, uh, Delighted to come and speak to you. When I chatted to Martin briefly about what to speak on, I ended up talking about the basics of our faith. Why do we actually exist? Why do we have this thing called church? And how we should ask ourselves, does our present activity or program that we're involved in, is it in keeping with the original purpose? You know, somebody a long time ago thought there's going to be a good idea. We're going to set up a church in Hawley. What are we actually celebrating? Is it a continuation of that vision? How, how are you going to stop? This probably won't be suitable to be changed into a carpet warehouse. But how are we going to stop this building being converted into an office block? Because that's the history uh, of church at present in our society. We've got our high streets are full of uh, churches that have been converted into uh, carpet warehouses. If you're like my wife and you like watching those uh, programs where they renovate houses, every so often there's another chapel and another chapel and another chapel converted. And everybody says, oh, it looks really nice now because its original purpose has become redundant. For me, uh, I'm always stuck on John 3.16. To me, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And there's certain verses that when we look in the scriptures, we say, well, look, they're key. Do, do we sign up to that as a church? Do you sort of sign up to a creedal statement like that? Obviously not. Maybe a show of hands. Do you sign up for that? Well, that's good. But the other key verse to me, and something that has always influenced my ministry for many years, is found in Luke's Gospel, where I think the purpose of Jesus is clearly defined. And many commentators will tell you that this is the pivotal verse. I know we love Zacchaeus. He's really good for children's work. He, He bails us out, doesn't he? He builds us out on the, the little songs, for Zacchaeus was a little, little man, and a little man was he. It's really good for clip art. It's really good for drama. Zacchaeus, come down, from the, come down from the tree. But I think the key verse, along with many commentators, is this verse found in Luke's Gospel. And I want to talk about this this morning. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that Jesus." I think that's our purpose uh, in a sentence one of our greatest needs in life is, is not to feel lost but to feel valuable to feel that our lives matter and that we are worthwhile we get these keep calm because you matter and because of this you'll find yourself looking around and comparing yourself to other people. Because you want to matter. Nearly every one of you here will have thought about what you would wear this morning and how they would look. Some of you will have stood in front of the mirror and had a little glance at yourselves. Because you want to matter. I'd even go as far as to say that some of you here will have put more than one article of clothing on because it just didn't feel right. And some of you will have gone to your partner, does my bum look big in this? (laughs) That is the reality, because we want to be noticed, and we want to matter. And in our society, psychologists tell us uh, that we base our self-worth on four things. And so all advertising, all media, base it on these four things. First of all, we we judge ourselves on our appearance. Our television programmes are full. You may have Gok to come and style you. You may have Anna and Susanna. uh, But we're hooked into our appearance. Do I look good enough for others to like me and accept me? Our charity shops are overwhelmed now with second-hand clothes. Because those of us who are privileged just buy more of this stuff so we want to look better and better and better. Or we judge ourselves on our achievement. Have I achieved enough to make others think I'm a success? Watch The Apprentice this week if you want to see those who see themselves purely as achievers. We judge ourselves on our approval, will others like me, surely if other people like me, then I'll feel good about myself. I must be worthwhile. And finally we judge ourselves on affluence. If I have enough money, if I have enough possessions, people will accept me. And they'll not look down on me. But the problem is that all these four standards... That psychologists say are central to a human being feeling worthwhile, none of them are stable. They'll all change. Look, here's me. Where's my. This is me. Here we are. This is me I'm in my prime. <laughs> September the 29th, 1979. My winner anniversary today. <laughs> Here we are. 40 years ago, you can see what Linda. So, can't you? And here is me, holiday 2019. I've gone from John Prescott, sorry, from John Travolta to John Prescott in 40 years. It ain't going to stay. Your value has got to be based on something bigger. And if you want to build your self-esteem and make it last, you've got to build on something that won't change. And there's one thing the Bible tells us that won't change. And that's got what God thinks about you. He still loves you. He still forgives you. And no matter where you are on this journey of life, he still loves you. And nothing you do and nothing you wear and nothing you become will affect those standards. And there's a good example of this in the New Testament and it's this story that we've become so familiar with, we think it's irrelevant to the central message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And it involves this man called Zacchaeus, a tax collector in Jericho, who we heard of in our reading on our excellent little video. And if there was ever a man who needed a stronger sense of self-worth, it was Zacchaeus. Because in the four ways we evaluate ourselves, he struck out in the first three. His appearance was not the most beautiful to look at because of his short stature. And actually that word short... Uh, in the original Greek, is is nearly a vulgar term. It's not just about his height. It means he was childlike. He was childish. He was annoying. It's a derogatory term. It's not just on height. This guy's a bit of a child. His main achievement in life was cheating. His eBay rating would have been where you wouldn't have put a buy it now in. He'd be on the sixty and the forty percent. His personal approval rating was in the pits because he collected tax from the Jews, his family, his friends, and he gave it to the occupying Roman authorities. He may have been rich, but everybody hated him. And as a result, this guy called Zacchaeus was miserable on the inside. And how do I know that? Because you can't have a guilty conscience. You can't be in this position and feel good about yourself at the same time. Because everybody's looking at him. Everybody knows him. And everybody's written him off. But one day, with a brief encounter with Jesus, his life is changed. When he learned how much he really mattered to God, just like you and I matter to that same God when this God found him. And the story of Zacchaeus illustrates three truths for this anniversary time for you to consider. And the first truth is that, irrespective of anniversary, irrespective of how you are viewed by others, this Jesus notices you. No matter how badly I feel when nobody else seems to notice me, I know that this Jesus notices me. And Jesus walks straight into Jericho, past hundreds of people. And he walks right up to the tree where Zacchaeus was and he stops. And the word of God says that when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Because I must stay at your house today. And this Jesus both stops and actually calls him by name. I think it was because Jesus knew Zacchaeus' heart, just like he knows your heart today. He wants us to know that he knows the real you. He's interested in the real you warts and all. I went round Chartwell House uh, the other day, and I was looking at Churchill's paintings. Uh, and then I said to my wife, I'm a Yorkshireman, I don't give money away easily, and uh, I said, I'll give you a quid if you can tell, if you can tell me where that painting or that saying comes from, warts and all. But it comes from when they painted Oliver Cromwell. And Oliver Cromwell had all these big warts on his face. And he said, if you're going to paint me, paint me as I really look. Warts and all. Thoughtfully, my, thankfully, my wife never knew, so I kept my panned. And, uh, But Jesus knows you warts and all. He knows the real you. He knew who Zacchaeus really was. And you may think that God's forgotten you because you've not lived up to your own expectations. Or that nobody's ever noticed you. But in reality, there has never been a time... Since you came out of your mother's womb, where God hasn't daily noticed you, minutely always noticed you. Every day of your life, the Bible tells us, is ordained by God, before one of them comes into place. He's noticed every breath you've ever taken. He's felt every thought you've ever had. He's seen everything you've ever done, because God really does care about you. And you may feel that others think you're worthless, but you matter so much to him that he notices everything about you, every ditty detail, and still calls you by name. Earlier on, Matthew puts it like this. He says, Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. I love that verse. Attention is the deepest expression of love. He does a recamp when I have a shower. <laughs> this is the intense detail that this God looks upon each and every one of us. It's not a flippant verse, it's, a, it's an incredible verse that this is the nature of this God. And when you give somebody your attention, you're giving them your love. Just like little children want to be noticed when riding a bike with no hands. They want to say, look at me, look at me, look what I can do. Or the daughter dances in the lamp and says, watch me daddy, watch me daddy. But even adults want to be noticed too. Because as John Lennon says, where all the lonely people, where do they all come from? They come from Hawley. I don't just come from Liverpool. And if I had to be honest with you, there's times when I'm desperately lonely. I remember in my second church, I went to go visit a wonderful lady. I can mention the name now because she's died. Vera Boa. And uh, I remember her having milk bottles in the house and I said, Vera, why do you buy milk from the milkman? Because if you go to the bar that cost you 99 pence for 4 pints. She says, because the milkman is the only person that notices me. And she had milk delivered because it gave her identity. And for Veraboa it said that I matter to somebody. But Vera Veraboa and you matter to this God. And the Bible wants to tell us that he notices us. But it's vital that we stop depending on other people, even if it's an honourable milkman to feel worthy and start depending on God. And secondly, we see that Jesus lifts us up up in a world that wants to put us down. You know, I'm challenged by politics lately. I know what people are against, but not what they're for. I'm challenged by a church that tells people what they're against, but not what they're for. And in this society, people will want to put you down. You've only got to look at all the soaps and everything in society. And all his life, Zacchaeus had been ridiculed, he'd been rejected. Maybe he'd ended up a tax collector because he said in the end, oh, stuffed a lot of them. i will become a tax collector. I don't know Zacchaeus' story. But everybody knew it in the community. Because he's rejected because of his stature, his demon, his profession. And the next thing Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus, in front of this huge crowd, and he calls him by name. And this equally shocked everybody, because Jesus knew the name, of this biggest scoundrel in town. He knew him. Did he know him because he was divine? Or did he know him simply because, somebody had said, hey by the way, look who's up the tree, Jesus. And in spite of Zacchaeus' sin, and, you know, we, we use that word sin in church. It, it's not even really a religious word in one sense. It's an Anglo-Saxon word. Uh, the centre of an archery target isn't called the bull. It's called the yellow. And the Anglo-Saxon word for the centre of an archery target is the sin. And so when you did archery practice, if you didn't get into the, what we would call the bull, they'd say you've missed the mark. It's a sin. So this word sin is just missing the mark. I don't even live up to my own expectations, let alone me mum's. And in this room there will be people who've had some very bad things said about them and some very bad things done to them over the years. They've been told that they're not worth anything or that they're stupid or that they're ugly and all signs of... Kinds of unkind things. And the only way you can get these. Over these things. Is by realising that. Those statements aren't true. And that you're incredibly special to God. And this God who gives his best for you. In Jesus Christ. Because this God says. To you and this community in Hawley. I can see all your value in spite of all that's happened to you. And so finally Jesus wants you. So he calls you out by name today. I think one of the hardest things for us to understand. Is that no matter what we have ever done in our lives. God still wants a personal relationship with us. Because he loves you. God loves you because he loves you. 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 And Jesus didn't just walk up to a tree and look up at Zacchaeus and notice him. Jesus didn't just call him by name and affirm him in front of those who hated him. Uh, Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home for his dinner. And then it says, and all the people saw this and began to mutter. This is how I knew there were a lot of Baptists in there. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And the truth is, we're a lot like Zacchaeus was. We've all done things that have hurt others, let alone ourselves. And because of that, so often when actually somebody becomes a Christian, it does still result today in people muttering. They mutter, can you believe it, if they knew what they were really like? But you know, Jesus is far more interested in forgiving and changing us than he is in condemning us. Because he came to seek and to save that which is lost. Hence he declares in his gospel, and we all signed up, that he came to save, not to condemn. And so Jesus is more interested in your future than your past. And no matter what has ever happened in your life, no matter how badly you've ever been hurt, how badly you have hurt others, Jesus wants to love you, and he wants you to love him back. And because irrespective of what mess you've collected from birth, you are still infinitely valuable to God. Now let me demonstrate this in a way that you will have never ever seen demonstrated in a church before. Uh, Because I'm going to show you inside a Yorkshireman's wallet. (laughs) And we'll take ten pounds out. I've had this for 17 years, I haven't been necessary to... (laughs) To break into it. But let me just say that this, this ten-pound note has been used to buy drugs. Who still wants a ten-pound note? I can't. Is this the prosperous South? I, I just want to say, up north they would kill for this. This would be, forget the Christian ethic, let me get the ten-pounds. So I will say it again. This ten-pam note, uh, it's going to be, may it may be yours. Stay with me on this. <laughs> so this has been used to buy drugs. Let's say that this ten-pam note has been used for the services of a prostitute. So I say, who still wants my dirty ten-pam note? Let's say it's just been used To watch a porn channel in a hotel? Do you still want the £10? Well, it's been stolen, it's been used for a bribe. Now, who now still wants the dirty £10? You see, you know something at times we easily forget. That the government put a value of £10 on this, and no matter what this note has done, it's still worth £10. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords put a value on you at birth, and what's ever happened in your life, you're still worth the same. Now, if I tear the £10 in two, who still wants the £10?
1: Because Jen has realised
0: something. That even when it's been damaged beyond comprehension, it can be put together. And she's also learnt that Neil's not stupid. That was photocopied. <laughs> I feel terrible now. I'll give you a proper tenor, Jen, that I will never forget coming to Hawley. <laughs> Burns into my heart. And so you're still infinitely valuable. And no matter what your journey is, if it's involved porn if it's involved prostitution, if it involves drugs, if it's involved dishonesty and you're totally broken, you are still the same value to this God. And you don't normally get that from a story about Zacchaeus. Because the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And God still loves you and wants you because he knows you've not lost your original value to him and he still has a plan and a purpose for your life. So how should you respond this anniversary morning to this kind of God? Well, the way Zacchaeus did in verse 6. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Zacchaeus took Jesus up on his offer of a relationship and he was changed instantly. And there it is. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Lord, here and now I give my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And something had happened in his heart because this most selfish man in the community suddenly became the most generous man in the city. What had happened? Jesus Christ had changed him. That's what happened. He'd had an encounter with Jesus. You see, then as now Jesus says, come, come as you are, and I'll help you change. He loves the real you imperfections as well. Now I love Dragon's Den. It's on again tonight. Are uh, there any of the fans of Dragon's Den? Yeah. And in the last series we met a lady called Frances Kern and she wanted £75,000 for a 5% equity in her company called Fit Britches. Now that got my attention. And to my amazement, I was introduced to a whole new world of extreme elasticated underwear. (laughs) And I never knew this lot existed. And during the programme, I observed the before and after photos of these three ladies. Who had been forcibly squeezed and moulded uh, from the outside in. Well, now, if anybody wants to confess, this is your time to say, That is me, Lord. But none of these ladies had really changed. But Jesus calls us as we are, and he offers to change us, not from the outside in. But he says, I can give you a new heart, and I can change you from the inside out. Because this Jesus calls us to be transformed, not conformed. And he does this gently by invitation not forcefully, and he helps us through the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to Zacchaeus 2,000 years ago in a world devoid of a company called Fit Bridges when he met Jesus. You see, religion... And you can choose to be a religious society at Holy Baptist Church or a Jesus society. But religion says change from the outside... And Jesus has changed from the inside. And Holy Baptist Church, like every other church, should never forget that religion wants to conform you and Jesus wants to transform you. And if you meet with Jesus, your attitudes will change, maybe a little bit by a little bit at first. You will become a more generous person, and all of a sudden you'll start thinking of other people, and you'll begin to love yourself and understand that the future is rosy, and God's got great plans in store for you once you meet with Jesus. Or as Jeremiah reminds us, and we use this scripture time after time, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future. You're so valuable. Each and every one of you here at Holy this morning. And God's not going to show his love to you by giving you his last or but by offering you the benefits of knowing his first one and only son. And so Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. Do you know what that name Zacchaeus means? What does the word Zacchaeus mean? We've used it and you've seen it many times in all the sermons. What does Zacchaeus mean? Well, the clue is the fact that the crowd muttered. Because the word Zacchaeus comes from Zachariah and all those roots. It means righteous one. And so what actually Jesus said, he said, righteous one, I'm going to come to your house. <coughs> no wonder the crowd muttered. They're thinking this, this Jesus is mad. Does he know who's up the tree? He's taking the mickey now. He's lost it. But you see, Jesus calls you in accordance to him working in your life and your potential, not where you've been, because he's interested in the future, not the past. And so he says to each and every one of you, righteous one, I want to come into your life today. I want to transform you from the inside. And God knows where you've been and what you've done, but he's more interested in where you're going. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Zacchaeus publicly demonstrates his change of heart. And when you receive Christ, he wants you to publicly demonstrate what's happened inside your heart too. For Zacchaeus, it was coming out and making a statement. For us in our denomination, it's often baptism. Because I believe baptism still is central to our denomination. I went to a minister's conference last year. And uh, there was an Anglican bishop who was doing some of the teaching. And he said something that really struck me. He said, why do Baptist churches call themselves Baptist churches and not do baptisms? He says, rather change your name or change your objective. A holy was given a Baptist church. And so, how you do baptisms should be central. Transforming of life should be central. To consider at this anniversary service. Someone once said it's an outward display of an inward change. One of my great privileges over the past couple of years is baptising significant numbers of heroin addicts in the town where I now minister in Lower Stoff. And where I live there's a recovery programme run by a Christian chief executive in the town. You can Google it, it's called East Coast Recovery. And people are sent from all over the UK, private clients, NHS referrals. And what I've seen is, like nowhere else, addicts come clean through a good recovery program, yes, but by an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. You see, the law only condemns Zacchaeus. The crowd containing the religious muttered at Zacchaeus But Jesus transformed Zacchaeus and made him internally righteous. And what we need in our churches is not more policies or programs, but more encounters with Jesus. Not more procedures, but more encounters. Not more protocols, but more power. Power that was given to the church to become the church six weeks after Easter at Pentecost. Do you realise that the Zacchaeus story is an Easter story? Because Luke tells us he's passing through. He's passing through on his way to Jerusalem. It's an Easter story. And what I need is not more head knowledge, but more heart experience. I think as Baptists we're overtaught. I want my heart to be touched. I want to know what it's like to be loved. I don't want the theory of love. I want the demonstration of love. I want to know I'm loved. And that's what Zacchaeus needed to know. And it's an encounter with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that will change wholly. And it's an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that will change you. It's an encounter with Jesus that will change your wayward son. It's an encounter with Jesus that will change your daughter, your neighbour, your husband, your and your work colleague. Because it's only an encounter with Jesus that will allow us to witness immeasurably more than we could see or understand in our own lives. And in the lives of our family and friends and in the lives of this community in Hawley. Now in our text we read that Zacchaeus gave back fourfold of his ill-gotten gains rather than twice. Because the crowd would have been familiar with the law and the law said at this time 2,000 years ago if you swindle somebody then you have to pay back twice as much. But Zacchaeus goes beyond the law because he's understood grace. And he says, to hoots with twice. That's why he gave four times. And the crowd and Zacchaeus witnessed this encounter with Jesus that leads to an experience of somebody doing immeasurably more than they could see or imagine. And so Paul puts it like this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is work in us so what about you, how are you going to respond this morning as Jesus talks to you by name are you going to invite him into your home do you want to meet afresh this Jesus who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us do you want to respond to be baptised and make this anniversary special, and know here that, that this Jesus is risen by you. Where's your baptismal pool here? Pardon? So you don't have it filled all the... So how do we baptise somebody at the end of this service? Yeah. Yeah, you need to think about that. Do you know, we've been going for it a little bit at lower stuff we've ended up doing baptisms that we've not planned. Because these heroin addicts have a, a window of recovery. How can you have a baptist church without a baptist? You could, you, could have a, you could have a bucket here, at least. You're designed to do baptisms. I'll have to have a chat with Martin about that. <laughs> I don't know where my notes are. Maybe you want to shout out this anniversary Sunday for the first time. Hosanna. That's what they were shouting in the crowd. It's a Palm Sunday, pre-Palm Sunday event. Simply means save me, save us. And if you're already saved and love Jesus, why not this anniversary mimic Jesus and recommit yourself to becoming a friend of sinners yourself Maybe it's time for some of you here to keep a bit of bad company and get a reputation like Jesus. Because this is the reputation of Jesus in Luke's Gospel. The Son of Man came eating and drinking and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I think that's why Zacchaeus was in the crowd. Because Zacchaeus is thinking, who's this Jesus who says he loves me? (coughs) It's time that the church kept bad company. I often ponder that. If Jesus becomes central in your conversations as you gather over a meal with your non-Christian friends, you too may end the meal on a note of joy. And if you've already welcomed Jesus into your heart some time ago and have become complacent with your faith, no longer believing in change, or you've ended up becoming a religious mutterer, why not ask that same Jesus to do something new in your life this anniversary? He doesn't want mutterers. He wants heralders. And allow him to do immeasurably more than you can presently see or understand. Do you want filling afresh with the Holy Spirit this anniversary service so you can leave the presence of one another joyfully? And so to close, I just want to say Jesus knows and notices you. This Jesus wants to lift you up in a world that wants to put you down. And Jesus wants you So he calls you by name this morning. Not the person next to you. He calls you this morning. But you know he'll not impose. He invites you to accommodate his love and forgiveness. And he promises to do immeasurably more in your life like Zacchaeus' life than the crowd or you yourself can presently see or understand. So what are you going to do? Do you trust him enough to do what Zacchaeus did and climb down from wherever you're hiding and open your heart fully up to him and make yourself vulnerable? And in one sense it doesn't matter what the rest of the crowd is doing or if the same crowd mutters about you but what are you going to do this morning with this Jesus? Jesus. So my challenge on this anniversary Sunday is why not come afresh and meet with Jesus this morning? Rather for the first time, like Zacchaeus, maybe for a second time because you realise how far you are away on this anniversary service. And you will discover the true reason and purpose of Jesus passing through Jericho on his way to the Easter events of Jerusalem, one week later. And that should be your purpose, my purpose, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And nothing has changed in 2,000 years. May God bless his word to us.